just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really, people, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, you. Stephanie, you just cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the A Show with the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am Justin here with Meals. It is episode 140 on the A Show. Thank you guys for rocking with us. And uh, Meals, it, it, as as the great prophet Future Hendrix would say, it's the evil world we living in. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know what's the most evil thing about this world? Uh, all this COVID weight that I've added on now, I feel disgusting. <laughs> I feel like it's not my fault, but also I could have prevented this. But also, how? I don't know what to say. I put on. Uh, I put on about fifteen. I put. I put fifteen on. I put on like ten, maybe close to fifteen pounds, just being at home, and it sucks. And I hate it. And I hate a lot of things about it. So now I'm trying to like burn everything off before I go back to work, which I'm assuming will be sometime next month. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to like burn everything off. So I'm like eating salads now. And th- but before that, I was like wilding out on Uber Eats and like Grubhub and Seamless and stuff like that. And just like getting whatever. And it's like, whatever. It's only one meal a day. Wrong. Oh my God. Wrong. <laughs> so now, of course, you see me. I have a few things on IG. I'm like running again and all this other type of stuff. Like, uh, I hate, I hate COVID. Wait, COVID, you, and you just ruined my life in more ways than one. Um, I, yeah, this, I, I just feel like more tired when I like, I feel more tired too. Yeah. I feel exhausted with like, blah. Like now, it's not even COVID that's keeping me in the house currently. It's too hot. <laughs> like, oh god! And now it's like ninety degrees in New York City, and I'm just like, nah. I think I'll stay home. Like, yeah, that sucks. Because I mean, all you guys have is like huge buildings, and all that heat bounces off of those buildings and right back oh, into yeah. your faces. So listen, that sucks. Brooklyn is a borough that does not have many trees in certain areas. Uh, they gave all the areas with trees to um, white people. Mm-hmm. So. It's just it's just sweltering heat from day to day, and then it's like the fear of Rona. So it's like ninety degrees, and you're wearing this face mask, and you're walking out. Uh, it's just you know, it's crazy. It's a, it is what it is. You know what? I I mean, I feel like we're in God. We're probably in like week thirteen of this. I don't want to talk about the Rona for too much longer. Uh, it just is what it is. It's going to be what it is for a very long time. But we do have an announcement. Yeah, we have an announcement. But before we so, get to the before we get to the announcement, uh, I got to shout out uh, some listeners. Uh, I got a I got a DM from my my good friend uh, Eric Eric G Life on uh, on Twitter. He said oh, that that's his, my guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he said that his his uh, his brother, uh, you know, he, he's he's a huge fan of the podcast. Um, he said he's been listening to it forever, and uh, he, he's a huge he's a huge wrestling fan. Uh, fan. He wants he wants to like get on the show one day. You know, we don't really have any big things going on right now to have to have guests right now. So just want to say right now, thank you, Shane and Blaine, uh, for all of your support. Uh, when we have something cool that we you know we usually do like integrate our fans into the show really often. So when we do, I'll make sure to, to hit you guys up or hit Eric to hit you guys up and see what you guys think about something really soon. But, you know, thank you so much for listening to the show for so long. We've been on 140 weeks. So <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's, a lot. It's, 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 you know, yeah, it is. <laughs> does, it shock you, does it shock you to, to know that you have, that we have like people that like will like listen to this religiously every week? Has it hit you yet? Um, uh, okay, so boom, right? It, it 
the the feeling of it didn't hit me as much because I didn't, you know, I did two bells podcasts before. So the fe- I remember just people listening to that on a weekly basis and us doing that on a weekly basis. So it's not like it's like, oh man, like I'm used to it, but also like <laughs> like it, it does freak me out a little bit that people do uh thoroughly enjoy the podcast every week and you know will hit me up with something that I've said that I don't remember that I've said and so many different other things but yeah i mean it's crazy 140 weeks 140 episodes this is you've said it before the longest commitment that we've ever had yeah yeah i don't think in our relationships that have lasted this long <laughs> oh my god so you know it it is what it is but yeah shout out to uh shout out to everybody listening thank you yeah, guys thank you so sure. much uh but we do have a an update uh, on something that we wanted to do this week that we're going to push back just so that we can give proper time to the big topic of the week that we're that we're going to get to uh, after this. What, what's the announcement, Mills? Well, the announcement is that we we're originally supposed to do our top 10 for the half year. And I've been out here and I've been passing out this list to people. Um, I didn't get as much people yet, but I guess we got more time now. So, yeah, perfect. You know I mean? <laughs> so... Um, we're supposed to do our half-year list, our top performers in the WWE of 2020 thus far. And just pretty much with everything that's kind of shaken down this entire week, and this will probably be a good transition into everything that's occurred in the wrestling world or probably the biggest topic to occur in the wrestling world. But with everything kind of shaken down this week, we didn't really feel like it was right to kind of, uh, you know, is, is Sasha Banks or Charlotte or have that kind of discussion or kind of thing or trying to wedge our, you know, trying to wedge our takes and the takes of many others into this conversation space when there's something a lot more important that we need to talk about. So, yeah, I mean, I think we'll push it back. Uh, hopefully it'll be about a week. If not, we'll let you know. I'm still going to send it out to various people and ask for their top 10. So I just now getting a lot more voices into this and kind of seeing where everyone's at. But, you know, j- just the picks thus far have been very, very interesting. So uh, please look out for that. Yeah, it'll definitely happen soon. Yes. Uh, and, and with that, of course, we have to speak, uh, speak on speaking out uh, a hashtag that was started last Friday by a number of women uh, in and around and outside of the wrestling business, fans, actual performers all over um, that have been telling their story for the past almost week now, about five days that this has been going on. It seems as though there's something new that pops up every single day. Uh, with a number of different wrestlers, uh, this put, I, I have to say, a huge black mark on uh, really just the wrestling community last week. I think everyone was really shocked, surprised, really disappointed in a lot of the things we were hearing. But this sparked off from David Starr actually being outed um, first. Was it? All right. So was yes. it? I remember several different people just being out and excuse if you can hear all the construction that's happening on the background. But I remember and the the crazy thing about this is that this it doesn't really surprise me, but this includes like a swath of things. It's like wrestlers, promoters, mm-hmm. website writers for whatever particular reason, announcers. Everybody's kind of being, you know, outed by these, you know, these women and everybody else who's speaking out about kind of the terrible things that these guys have done. And it kind of makes you it it kind of makes you rethink about and you say a black mark and I agree with you because it kind of makes you think about the culture of professional wrestling just outside of the WWE, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not that a lot of these things haven't happened with I mean, there's some WWE names on here, but there's a lot of independent names. There's a lot of people from the past. There's a lot of trainers who taught people how to wrestle that took advantage of people. There's a mm-hmm. lot of, you know, independent, you go, you're on the road and you're having these conversations and you're, and you're speaking with these people and they're doing these terrible things. Like it kind of makes you wonder about like what exactly is in the culture of professional wrestling right now. Yeah. And, and of course this is, I mean, I don't want to sound wrong for saying this, but especially considering the other thing that we literally just started talking about, or we just talked about two weeks ago, but it, mm-hmm. it really is systemic down the ranks of, of pro wrestling. Like I feel as though these people learned, this is like learned behavior. It's also like behavior that was never curbed. So it was allowed yeah. to continue going on for years and years and years. Uh, 
manipulation, uh, abuse, um, you know, emotional abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse. You see, I mean, you've run the gamut of it in the past couple of days. I'm looking at a and shout out to Meltzer said what uh, for tweeting this out last night. I had to grab it uh, and, and use it for today. The, the, the something awful forums has a list of uh, what they call shitheads, which I mean, <laughs> you know, that, that just pretty much tells you. But this is a long list. I, and I know you have the, the list, too. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, looking at it know, now. It's a long list of people that have been accused um, that, that like Joy Ryan has 16 accusers. And he's I, I, and I have to say, let's be clear here. If I had to say the biggest I want to say like the biggest I'm not going to, you know, compare offender but, uh, yeah like the not biggest offenders I, I i i just don't want to compare you know what i'm saying i'm not trying to say this one's worse than the other i'd have to say the the the, the most newsworthy how about that the, the most newsworthy guys here i have to say um more than likely dave sis chris whatever from uh impact who's since been fired mm-hmm. um dave lagana who worked at who actually worked was still working for nwa uh, and he was doing NWA Power. Obviously, uh, David Starr and Joy Ryan. Joy Ryan is a sick guy, bro. I'm talking underage women, older women, ex girlfriends. You name it. This dude. And the thing is, I'm not surprised, but it's still like again, enable. It's systemic. It was enabled for right. a really long time. That that right. shit was I- sick. I think just in these situations and as you're going back, I think probably one of the first names that I saw about this was the whole Jim Cornette and Stacey Cornette thing. Oh, yeah. That's which to big. me was crazy because you have these people in, you know, positions of power who's taking advantage of people who are and, and women. I don't even want to say people taking advantage of a lot of women who want necessarily to break into the wrestling business. It even brings us back to a couple of years ago with the whole um the Moolah, the Moolah thing, right? Like yeah. initially WWE was doing the women's battle royal, name it after Moolah, the fabulous Moolah, had to take it down because they realized they found out this history, this dark history. And it's it's talked about on the dark side of the ring. It's up. You can kind of watch it about Moolah really kind of pimping out these women and mm-hmm. and and using them and garnering favors for herself and garnering favors for people by just using women in, in kind of very expl- expletive ways. But it's a, to me, it's, it's 100% systemic. Like it's, it's, this is sad to kind of read and kind of see and kind of speaking out. And it's hard enough being a woman in just this day and age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but to be a woman in wrestling as well, it kind of also feels like wrestling isn't something that's really taken seriously in the United States. It's not mm-hmm. really something that has been – it's not like if this happened in WNBA or if this happened in the Olympic some, – some sort of Olympic thing, it would be much bigger news, right? But this yeah. is kind of like just this news in the wrestling industry. So it kind of definitely also has this undertone of like – even if I say something, who exactly will care? Yeah, and, and, and I would say that, like, to, to speak to your seriousness point, that's probably why this hasn't blown up even more. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I think the only thing we saw on TMZ was the Sammy Guerrero thing. Um, and, and I think maybe the, imp- the impact firings, the, I think I might have seen that on, on a huge outlet. But a lot of mm-hmm. this is, like, not really taken, you know, very seriously. There are some like honest to God proof in this stuff. Like the Jordan Devlin stuff is damning. And, and his, and no. his response to that is pretty, pretty damning as well. And, and I would, I'd have to imagine that. Cause I mean, I, even the, the Velveteen stuff has popped up again. And it's, just, it's like, I'm not sure what the WWE's, uh, what their process is for investigation. But, but again, like I'm pretty sure that if Jack Gallagher is gone, then then there is something that they're that they're doing, and then AEW's done their due process. Even Impact, where all of these people go, <laughs> are, are like making actions now, like oh, you know, like all these disgraced wrestlers, like a Joey Ryan or a Tessa Blanchard. That's where they go, you know, and, yeah. and they're not getting looked at, or, or they're getting looked at a little bit differently now. It, it's it's real, real, real sick. But again. It's not getting looked at the way that the music industry got looked at with um, L.A. Reid and Russell Simmons or uh, the entertainment industry with Harvey Weinstein or the sports industry. Like it's not being looked at in that light. And I, th- I think, you know, you, you, you hit the nail on the head like it's not taken seriously for a lot of people no. because of what it is. 
and you have these women who kind of kind of screaming out and they're they're more concerned like no one will care and then also it'll affect my I'll be blackballed before I even get into business it's such a narrow kind of route for women in the wrestling industry there's not a lot that make it to sort of the main stage and there and the wrestling industry itself in terms of women haven't been necessarily kind they've been kind of looked at as eye candy it's actually if you think about it it's been a lot more promoted from in the past at least that they are eye candy that there are these that they only belong in these sort of positions and all this other stuff so they really haven't even been conditioned to the fact like yo i'm the top star i'm something and i'm not going to put up with this and this is what's going to happen and all these, they haven't been really put in positions of power. This is something that happens to Charlotte. And actually, it has happened to Charlotte. Like, there's mm-hmm. a past with her and just kind of abuse and stuff like that. And I'm sure she's she's talked about it, I believe, she before. Has. Her, um, yeah, she has. In her book, right? Her mm-hmm. book with her father. So yeah. she's talked about it in her past. And it can happen to anybody, but you, you rarely have these women in these positions of powers in the industry who are able to kind of say something and speak out about it. I kind of wish we had someone... Uh, I guess now that we could kind of talk to to speak more about this, but I also want to ask you um, because you talked about the Jack Gallagher and we've talked about, you know, this whole, it's Matt Riddle, Sammy Guevara. um, What does the company's responsibility play in this? How much of them are, how much is the company's actually responsible for, you know, helping promote this environment or, you know, cutting things off? Yeah. Um, well, there, a lot of the, the companies have done a lot of things. Um, I, I think WWE was was very forthright in their zero tolerance policy, but they they put right there in bold in in, in the fine print. If you are convicted, uh, it, what is it? What does it say? Like if you're arrested, hold there's on. zero tolerance. There's a zero tolerance policy to any sort of domestic abuse, yes, sexual abuse, any of kind of abuse towards women. There's a zero tolerance policy. You are gone. You are clipped. Just a few years ago, there was another wrestler. Um, I forgot his name. He's, he, Rich Swan. Yeah, um, he was. There out. was an altercation. Yeah, altercation with Sue Young. He was out immediately. I remember yeah. once there was one with. I think that was one of the reasons why Drew McIntyre was also let go. A number of years ago that was another reason why rhino was having an argument with his wife like 15 years ago in the park and they like clipped him immediately wwe has always had kind of this no tolerance policy for these type of situations but they also say like i think they also and then we see situations with like matt riddle and jordan devlin who are now yeah. you know moving forward to take legal action against their accusers because they believe that they have been um well, wrongly the, accused they the believe Matt, i mean the matt riddle thing is so tricky and it it continues to be tricky because he debuted that friday and yeah. people were saying that they could they were they were going to cut him out and even then like i didn't I, like openly say that i was like i don't think just by the looks of like the company and shit like that and, and him coming out and him his his like candor afterwards i was like i don't know if that's going to happen like this guy is like they're gonna push him, regardless. It would it would it would have been t- judging by the show that I saw on Friday. It would have been hard to cut him out and yes. still have an actual SmackDown show. And, and I I couldn't. I I haven't watched. Like you already know. Like I'm, I'm a I'm a fan of Riddle, and I was really disappointed, and and I'm still disappointed to a point where I couldn't even watch his debut. And you know, like again, whatever you know, happens between that, between now and then, like, I, I'm going to have to reconcile what I see, you know, from then on, I'm pretty sure I'll I'll probably go back and watch SmackDown. I'll be able to watch it. Well, like it it becomes tough, you know, to, to fairly judge what you're seeing on screen when, when that happens. And his accusations are tricky to me because there are things that are, that are within that, um, his, his wife, is is aware of this he he said that he was in a relationship with her that she was cyber stalking him and something like that the lawyer came out and uh and, and made a statement so i would imagine that this is the part on the the zero policy uh thing where he said where WWE says upon conviction uh or misconduct you're terminated if you're if you're arrested they, they can find and suspend you i'm guessing that's what's protecting him right now is that he has right. legal representation and but that makes it tricky for the victim you know yeah and with, mean, which you know even though they were in a relationship whatever but we've seen how these things fall apart when that happens and let's be clear five or six days later 
I see more people talking about David Starr and Joey Ryan still than they are talking about Matt Riddle. Like, yeah, and that's just the long and short of it. He's, he's managed to skate, skirt through this fairly untouched other than those five hours before he debuted. I mean, we're, we're 100% still looking around at this. I mean, I think the first kind of red flag or a lot of things that we saw, we were kind of wondering when this news was all coming out. It was like, oh, what's going to happen to NXT UK? Because there's a lot of accusations in the UK waters. There's Tyler Bate is on here, Trent Seven. Um, just a lot of people who were on the NXT UK brand have been affiliated with the NXT UK brand, Joe Coffee, all this other stuff. And it kind of makes you wonder, like, what do we do here? Is it a situation now where you nix the brand, considering how all this, I guess they're going through kind of the whole legal process of like, okay, let's look, let's take a look at this. Let's determine what this, how do you, yeah. How do you filter through what's, you know, what you think is factual, what you think is not factual, what you think is um, what you think where people are going legally in terms of how to protect themselves, how people are reacting otherwise. That's why I ask in terms of just kind of responsibility of the company, because the company, I mean, it's one thing also to, I think with WWE and all wrestling companies, and I think they need to do that. It's, it's, it's culture, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's um, culture instilling. We're men on one side, women on one side, and they don't really interact unless they have to or unless they're working, kind of thing. And not that they don't really interact because men and in- women are going to interact, but you kind of lay that boundary that, like, listen, this is a thing of respect here, and this is how we treat women in the industry, and you treat them with respect because that's just you what know? you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're supposed to <laughs> respect you know, each other. Yeah, like I. 100%. It was on the same was, level. It was shocking to see Pete Dunne reacting to all of this and seeing his friends, you know, people that he's very close with react, you know, like that to me was like, and he made it clear, like, I'm not trying to be the, the, the voice for this. I'm a man. And I appreciated yeah. him saying that, that he didn't want to be the voice for this. Like I, I really, uh, out of all of this, the, the one light that I can find other than the, the brave women who, who, who've spoken up is Keith Lee and, and Pete Dunne and, you know, everyone that's, that's speaking out. And, and let's just call a moratorium on telling wrestlers when they should respond to things. Yeah. Let, let's, let's get into that right now. Let's get into that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, uh, there is a situation online. <laughs> yes. Um, with Sammy Guevara, who I, I'm not a fan. I, I watched him in PWG. I watched him on, on several indies before he, he made it to TV and AEW. And I, he was just never the, the guy for me. He just seemed like a, a regular. He just was really, really like vanilla in ring wise to me. He was Chris, but he mm-hmm. wasn't like anything to speak on. Uh, and that's just my personal thoughts on him. But like mm-hmm. he, he, well, I guess Sasha said something. This is where it started. This is another thing where it started something completely, completely like, whoa. And then it blew up to something bigger. Sasha said that her and, and, and Bailey, she retweeted something about ratings, I believe, and said that she yeah. and Bailey were better than late, uh, late sex gods on AEW, which led Jericho to say something. I'm blocked. I didn't see it. Um, and Sammy Guevara <laughs> Jericho said that Jericho said that they actually won in the 18 to 49 demographic and that's the one that sponsors look at the most so in reality that they won that's what he said <laughs> I can't that, believe you're that's what he said <laughs> that's that what he it? said yeah yeah that was it it wasn't anything crazy also, Jericho is not in the 18 to 14 demographic, which is also funny. Um, yeah, like, he's, he's not. What are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, but it is what it is. Uh, so, so, Sammy responded, which he didn't need to respond at all. Let's just be, be completely clear here. He responded with with uh, a picture of Ricochet. You've seen that. We've all seen the picture of Ricochet when he was younger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, with the with blowout. H. Yeah, and he tried to say that that was Sasha. Uh, oh man, you would have got <laughs> run up and done up in any other situation. So yeah, Oof. yeah, I wasn't happy with that. That wasn't that wasn't cool. But then he, but then it, but then you know what they do? It's like Sasha fans are like kind of like the Barb's. They're gonna find something on you, and they're gonna they're gonna oh, yeah. destroy you. They found a well, podcast. Yes. They they found Oof. a podcast from twenty sixteen. You have to scour the internet to find this type of shit. I'm just letting you know. You Who really have to, have to like. Well, well, luckily they didn't have to listen for too long because it's literally like in the first ten minutes of the of the podcast where he says he wanted he wanted he, like he was trying out for WWE way back when, 
Uh, and he said he, he saw Sasha Banks and he said he wanted to rape her. Mm. But this is 2016. Yeah. It was like January. It was like January. So like we weren't fully in the age that we are here. But we, you know, 2016 was kind of the age where it was like, okay, Trump is out here wiling, but women are kind of moving forward with Hillary. So this was still not okay then. It's really well, not okay now, but it wasn't okay then either. It's definitely not okay. I mean, we look at these type of things. I think we see this a lot more often than we'd probably like to see it, especially with like kind of everything that happens within the music industry and stands over there um, in terms of the hate that's brought with that. But nah, th- this had like, it's not even cool. Like it's not even, it wasn't cool for even a second to say that. And he just, I don't care what kind of connotation it was. Everyone, there are some people who were like, calm down. He was just saying that she finds her fine. Well then just say that she's fine. Like just say that I say Sasha Banks is fine every damn week. Like <laughs> I don't, I, I'll never say anything as wild as like, I want to rape her. That's yeah. crazy. He could, um, he could say like, I really, I, I really love her. I'm a fan of hers. I want to, yes. I want to date her. He could say that. But, I mean, that's a. I mean, that's his own kind of upbringing, right? That's kind of like. I mean, it kind of even he's looks like what AEW is. Yeah, it's yeah, the boys' club. Texas. It's the we talk how we want to talk. We say what we want to say without even caring or something along those lines. So it it is what it is. But back to we should circle around back to the original point, even though that this was one hundred percent terrible. Um, well, I, I wanted. To, I wanted to. Well, I guess we we get to it because this is this is a branch off of speaking out. I think yes, of that happened because. Everything that's going on, it just keeps compounding to a point where, again, like looking at wrestling Twitter for the past couple of days is tiring completely. I don't even see how anyone's mm-hmm. engaging in it. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to watch my shows and, and, and leave. But um, this blew up into everyone saying, how come Sasha's co? It, it, it was like, what, eight o'clock my time? So it was like 11 o'clock your time. They were like, well, how come no one's saying anything about what Sammy said to Sasha? And I was like, all right, guys, like these people wake up at six, five or five or six o'clock, go to the gym. They have to go to tapings right after. They tape twice a day. They have a job. They have to go to work. You cannot. But then they were like, well, they, they, they stood up for Peyton and Alexa. And I was like, yeah, because they're the ones who tweeted it. Sasha hadn't tweeted, tweeted or said anything about it. They didn't do anything. Right. And, they, and then, like, I think the big thing was Rhea Ripley getting on and being upset <laughs> and being like, hold on. I don't live on this app. Like, I don't know what's going on. And then turn around and say, oh, yeah, that that is pretty fucked up. And it's like, that's what yeah. y'all wanted? <laughs> yeah, that's what I... Uh, it boggles my mind that the culture that we've kind of established for, I mean, here's a, here's a thing. There are situations kind of like what we were talking about two weeks ago, where your silence is equal to, you know, it's your silence on an entire nationwide kind of situation. And this kind of thing that's affecting all of us and affecting the world is taken very, very seriously. But then there's also things like where we're at here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where Ray Ripley, I mean, I think it's more of a situation of like, yo, I didn't even wake up, but you're out here like, <laughs> you're here torching me. You're out yeah, here yeah, torching yeah. me. You're <laughs> knocking, you're pitchforking, you're everything like that. You're adding every kind of person on the roster. And like, you need to say something in regards to Sasha. Let me tell you something about Sasha. Sasha Banks is a grown ass woman who could probably slap the shit out of Sammy Guevara. I'll be honest with you. And not to say that she has to defend this on her own or she has to be completely own on her this, but there's also a situation where it's like, Sasha Banks is a strong woman. Everyone is, a, I mean, she can in herself, I think, reach out and be like, listen, I'm going to solve this, how I'm going to solve this. But I don't think it's Rhea Ripley's responsibility to really kind of add, kind of outside of the fact of like, okay, here's how we are not going to conduct ourselves in the business. Here's how we don't do things. Here, as a woman, I'm speaking out on my things. That's kind of where, as far as it kind of goes. And she can support her friend. She can support Sasha. But people shouldn't feel pressured into doing these things. You shouldn't yeah. nudge all these people every day, showing up in their mentions with pitchforks and then lambasting them for like. It it just it boggles so, the mind, like you said. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's like, and on one end, you want to support. You want to support these women, and this is a rabid fan base on one on one end. On the other end, it is a rabid fan base. So right. at, the, at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like you you 
you're making a lot out of it's like well no one there you know sasha and, and naomi they're they're i've seen this like they they're faced with defending themselves alone and and it's like that doesn't mean we that don't know, we don't know yeah we don't, we don't know, know any of the things <laughs> you just want like, people to say something on twitter just so they can eval- it can validate your head theory your head canon that these people right. are like what if people do, what if what if sasha's crossed someone backstage and they're not friends and she doesn't really have a lot of friends backstage i'm not this is hypothetical you know, like, like mm-hmm. what, what, and this could be the same for Drew McIntyre. This could be the same for Kofi Kingston. Anyone, like, we don't know interper- the interpersonal relationships of everyone in that workplace. Just like I don't know your interpersonal relationships at your job, and you don't know mine. This is a right. job for these people, and I'm not saying that what they do, what they deal with, is fucked up from fans that love them and from fans that hate them. Let's be right. clear, it's both toxic. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of entitlement that goes along with this, and I felt as though the whole Sammy Sasha stuff buried the shit out of the actual other stuff that was going on that needed to be talked about. Whereas mm-hmm. even when they had a conversation, it became, you know, Sammy said he was sorry, even though he liked a comment that was defending him, which was pretty stupid. Um, he, he said he was sorry. He said he talked to Sasha. Sasha left a, a, a pretty eloquent note afterwards. And people were like, well, she didn't, she didn't forgive him and she don't got to, or she didn't forgive him. We don't know what the conversation <laughs> was. Yeah. <laughs> she could have just not said forgive like but but you say you could play it it's the same way you could say well she didn't forgive him and that's your head cannon but i could turn around and say well you don't know that she didn't forgive him let's just leave it at face value she, they, right. they spoke and he said sorry and she heard him but right. we don't have to make this into something that it's not and sammy already got uh punished for this he's been suspended without pay for further notice uh all of his pay will go towards a women's center in jacksonville good on AEW for doing that because you know, even though I'm questionable how they sent uh, J- Jimmy Havoc to rehab, I thought that was kind of like two steps forward, one, three steps back with that. I did like yeah. what they did. Um, and, and I feel like it's good to have all these companies, like, because people kept turning this into WWE versus AEW again. Of and course. it's like, it's not a bad thing these companies deal with things differently. You should look at what they both do because this is unprecedented for literally all of them. And, and guess right. what? This, these are shows that you watch and that you love. So you should want better for them. Right. Like, and it's crazy that we're it's crazy that we're in 2020 and we're having these conversations in WWE and AEW and the entire wrestling industry is forced to actually look at themselves once. These aren't isolated incidents that get waved over like you have the Moolah incident and then it's like WrestleMania two weeks later and no one's talking about it anymore. These aren't these isolated incidents anymore. This is a grand wave. This is a you could even say a pandemic of like something that's been happening and this whole speaking out sort of movement and things like that has kind of it should force the wrestling industry to look at itself and look back at its practices and look back at the old boys club and look at back at so many things that are toxic about it so many things that are old school so many um ideals and 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 so much traditions that are kind of kept on from back when they were when everybody it was so problematic especially yeah. compared to now they should really take a force they should <clears throat> kind of really take a look at themselves and determine how they want to move from here and how women are treated in professional wrestling and how everyone is because it's, it's, it's to me that's kind of the most sickening part it's yeah. like even it, you have fans coming out you have you know other women wrestlers coming out you have all these people coming out it's sick you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it's sick. Yeah. It, it's it's sick to look at that list of professional wrestlers, and any of them could have been, you know, at time major stars, and some of them are. But like, it it sucks to look at that list and see like, oh my god, and look at people like Joey Ryan who has 17 accusers, and it's like, bro, you should be banished from the wrestling industry. You are not allowed to be in any places where women are. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I see. That's where I see when I see 17 accusers. You know what I'm saying? That's what I see. Yeah. Like, that's when I... The entire wrestling industry needs to take a look at itself. And it needs to be more initiatives. I think there needs to be a lot more, um, you know, education, a lot more things kind of given out. And, you know... I think the whole... I, I wouldn't be shocked or surprised. And I think it's needed. I think rosters and every company need to be given sensitivity training. 
and yeah, and social media training and racial sensitivity training, they all need to take classes. And I know for like main roster people, this is probably not like the best time for them to be taking these types of classes, but shit, put it on Zoom. You know, yeah, put, it, put, it put it on it, Zoom. Fuck it. it like these people need to know and they need to be educated on what's wrong and what's not. I think a lot of this stuff, I think these companies are going to see it, see it as so old that it's going to be very hard for them to prove. It's going to be very hard mm-hmm. for them to actually act upon. So like, I think the, the worst case scenario and, and the worst thing that will happen here is that I think the indie guys are done. I, I, I clearly say that. I think a lot of the, I, I would say a lot of the more pushed guys are probably going to be okay. And, and I think that's yeah. the reality that we're probably going to have to look at here. Like a lot of the push guys are probably going to be fine. Um, I, I know we brought up the Velveteen thing. I mean, I think like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, um, that keeps coming up. I, I do think the WWE should be coming out and saying something about that though. I, it, it yeah. keeps coming up and it doesn't, it doesn't cease to be weird and off putting every single time, regardless of how old I know someone brought up how old they were. I'm like, regardless of how old it is, we need to know the outcome of what you guys were talking about with him, his accusers and the man himself. 100%. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but that was, that's our, 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 our talk on speaking out. Of course, Mules and I are not women. We we're just speaking from, you know, a male perspective here. Um, if, if we have said anything that has upset you or, or, or possibly triggered you, just, you know, reach out to us. Let us know. Um, we're doing the best we can with this sensitive topic. Uh, you know, I can't we can't talk about every single um, thing, but we just have to give our, our, our viewpoints on it. Uh, and more bummer news, I think bummer to me because I'm a huge fan of, of him. And this has nothing to do with speaking out. The Undertaker, Last Ride episode five aired i think we had guessed this i think i've seen a couple people guess this that this was a stealth retirement uh documentary and our <laughs> our con our confirms our confirmations were, were were met with with a resounding truth here uh and undertaker's retired he's done um i th- i thought episode five was so phenomenal. he says i don't I said, know I it, it looked pretty final more final than him putting his hat down <laughs> that Drew Me- that Drew McIntyre is looking pretty good out there. <laughs> like you know, it's a. I th- I thought the the final part of it was great. I thought overall, in terms of just the kind of story they told, this is probably one of the best docs. I mean, we say it every time WWE puts a doc out, but this might be one of the best docs that they've had, and kind of worth the weight of the network, right? Like yeah, it's. Yeah. Finally, like not like finally, but it's like this is the content. This is like the peak content that we asked for. We asked for these behind the scenes stuff. We asked for this knowledge. We asked for this in depth kind of analysis on all these other things. And we get Undertaker, the last ride, and we find out that it truly is indeed his last ride and that he has fully retired. And just the range of emotions and kind of looking back and, you know, a lot of it, including AJ and how he wanted to do it, and people like, "Yo, if, if AJ's the one," you know, it, it's a. I I did like I, I mentioned this last week. I love the foreshadowing to AJ from episode one all the way down. From mm-hmm. you know that, that they foreshadow this, and and I know that a lot of this probably wasn't planned, but I love that it you it, it was kind of like a it was a it was a it was a breadcrumb throughout the documentary that he would show up and you, we wouldn't know what's about to happen, but you, we got to see in the moment how Undertaker felt about him. And I love to see their, their relationship was a lot deeper than, than I even knew. I don't think anyone knew that they had a mutual friend and that they actually hung out together before. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, (laughs) I would have never guessed it. Um, But I mean like, okay, okay, let's say, okay. It's not surprising that they would like each other and hang out based on their. Oh no, no, it's not surprising. (laughs) They would like each other, but that they actually were friends and had a mutual friend and know each other families and all this other stuff. Yes. That is incredibly surprising to me. Um, what was also kind of heartbreaking about this entire thing was that weekend of WrestleMania, right? Like undertakers and, what we would know now is his last match, at least up to this point. And he's, you know, he's going through, they're going through the entire changes with WrestleMania due to COVID-19 and all this stuff. And then he gets the call that his brother has died <laughs> and he opts to continue. He's like, listen, the show must go on, but he doesn't really get to cope with it. And you see him kind of break down as he's doing his confessional um, ordeal. And, it, it, you know, it, it's a lot to, with wrestlers, there's a lot 
that goes on behind the scenes that we don't know. I mean, we just talked about it. there's so much that we don't know. We can only take what for face value in terms of what we see and all yeah. this other stuff, and everyone draws their conclusions about that. But I don't think anyone had any idea that he was going through this. Yeah, and it, it was a lot, for, and you couldn't tell. You wouldn't be able to tell. <laughs> no, you wouldn't be able to tell. And for him to do that and continue to pull that off, I mean, I have to give him – there's so much strength in actual that being able to pull off this match and go through the timing and everything and be able to deliver on a high level, which he did when that WrestleMania match, we talked about it, it's still one of our favorite matches of the year mm-hmm. um, to be able to deliver on such a high level with everything that's happening in his real life. You know, my hat's off to him, man. It's a, and no one would have blamed him if he if he said no to recording that match. No one would have yeah. blamed him for for saying no yeah. to that. But it just goes to show just how how much he like really loves what he does. And and I, I saw someone say like uh, this is a tragedy, not a not a nothing that we could be we should be cheering about. And it's like man, get the fuck out of here! Like he's a grown <laughs> ass man. Like he chooses these relationships and he chooses to stay in them. Like if he needed help. He and 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 even Michelle thought that he should have gotten help. Like I didn't see that. I saw a man that was just as driven as like a Michael Jordan would be to actually yeah. be the best at what he wanted at what he does. And regardless, you know, they're not the same profession. They they do completely different things. But I I think that like you know Taker he went out on a high, and I think that's what if this is the end for him, let it be that way. You know, even if he, you know, he might do a one-off, you know, I'm pretty sure he will. But if this was the, you know, at the end of him doing fuse and shit like that, I'm, co- I'm cool with that because he, the, I, I love the breakdown of the psychology behind him having all of his different um, personalities in one match and then ending it that way. And I thought that was a really cool touch that Taker got to take us through the storytelling of that match. No, I agree as well. Yeah. Um, um. More, could, of, I think we have fallout from last week's uh COVID uh COVID situation. Yes, there was um, no, there was no NXT was able to go on as scheduled, <laughs> so we did get the two NXT episodes taped. Ju- it just seemed, I think they did it later because the, the Raws they, they, they aired this week were aired very late <laughs> last week because they, they got into the building late. The SmackDown mm. and now SmackDown, I think, is going to be taped this week because they weren't able to get to it last week because of the testing. Mm. So it's been pushed back. This is a lot of uh, timing, a lot of stuff. Shit like that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot it's of a stuff. Lot. It's a lot of stuff. Um, so I, I'm assuming, based on the test, that <laughs> we'll see, we'll see who appears on the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, but the thing is, we don't even know. Well, I mean, they've pretty much been announcing whether it be within that two weeks after the two weeks or before or during who's getting who's who's tested positive. So, again, it's, it's another guessing game of like who has it or who doesn't. But I they're being somewhat. Would you, feel com- would you yeah. Would you feel comfortable if WWE like told us came forth? Yeah. And just told us or would you. Um, would you feel like that was good of them or do you kind of respect the anonymity behind it? Like, I, res- I, res- I, land I, res- I respect that they do it after the fact. <laughs> so that oh, yeah. They've already been okay. They're, they're already fine. And it, like, <laughs> I think that what they, when doing that, that they, um, they skip a lot of like accountability and like, and, and like there, there isn't much news to have there if they're, if the person's fine. I think there's a lot of news yep. there if they announce it when oh my god someone tested positive today on on June 22nd, you know it is like, like they, damn he was just in a six man tag yeah it's like then, then there's hysteria but you immediately saw on these rolls the ch- the differences profits don't go into the crowd this week uh, there's very little interaction inside of the crowd this week than there because they were wilding out two weeks ago yeah. they were fucking nah, going crazy with the crowd stuff and they stopped oh, it yeah. and I'm fine with that. No, I'm fine with that too. And then we heard um, they actually improved a lot of the conditions. I think there was a fightful. I might have to get this fightful thing. Like it seems to. Be, I mean, this isn't an ad, but let's they do seem it. to be. Uh, let's yeah, cop. I mean, yeah. Let's. We might have to cop it. I mean, they've done well with accommodations. They've done a lot more cleaning. Um, chat seats, seats for the people. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> People are allowed to sit down. I mean, I, I, that was a big uh, request from people, and they seem to be, you know, taking from this incident 
and, you know, decided to actually improve on everything. And as they should. I mean, it's, it's a terrible situation. Yeah, it, um, it is. And but reckless I, I, situation I, and reckless, more importantly. Even though these motherfuckers shouldn't be recording, uh, <laughs> I do appreciate that they're making more concessions and improving the experience for the people that have to stand there and be there for 14 hours a day or some shit like that. Like, give them something because they, they need right. it. And I, I do appreciate that. Uh, last bit of news. Um, Charlotte is injured. Uh, just announced this morning. Uh, it hasn't been announced by WWE proper, but I would Im- I would imagine that if you watched Raw, a lot of things would make sense as to what was going on. We don't know what the the, the severity of the injury is. Uh, Meltzer says they're hoping that she'll be back by SummerSlam, but it's not a, a guarantee. But the thing about it is, if she's back by SummerSlam, it's almost July. She's not going to be in a match, and she if she's getting surgery, she's not going to be on TV. So yeah. I would expect her to be back in September if that was the case. Um, I heard conflicting reports that she wants to take a break and she won't be oh. back until the like I don't say that and it'd be wild if she took a break and wasn't back till next year. I feel like I saw that um, like at the top of the, she wants to take a an extended break because of how she's kind of been going consistently for quite some time and she feels like she wants a break. So that's kind of what I've heard in terms of what I've read. Yeah, um, I I mean both things. Injury obviously more severe, but her t- wanting to take a break, she's had. If she's anyone had, deserves it. <laughs> yeah, like she she has had her, her the, the the division on her back. It's time to hand it over to someone else. Let's get Bianca on TV. Let's uh, let's have yeah. Liv not in this shitty Natalia feud. Um, let <laughs> let's let's do some other things with it. I, I think the 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 real tea here is Sasha and Bailey have a clear line to really take over right now and. They absolutely should. They're deserving of it. They're cooking on another level right now. We've been saying this for a couple of weeks. They're on another level of what, what they're doing, and I'm really enjoying it. But we'll get to that when we talk Raw. Um, but before we talk Raw, Mills, you watched SmackDown. I Unfortunately, I have not had the heart to, to do it, but I do know what happened um, with a lot of the segments. What did you feel about the show on Friday? SmackDown was good. SmackDown was the worst pretty part. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty good. Uh, first of all, it had – I'm a sucker for opening segments with everybody there, with all the roster. So all the roster surrounding the ring because AJ Styles is doing his Intercontinental title championship party. So they make everyone stand around the ring and everyone's like side-eyeing him like Cesaro and the Big E and just kind of everyone's there. And AJ Styles is doing his best AJ Styles work. I mean, he calls Daniel Bryan into the ring. He's like, hey, come on. Put the belt around my waist. Like, come on, be a man, Brian. And he's doing it and he's antagonizing Brian. And he's he's just A1 at this point. Like AJ Styles might be the best heel currently right now. I, I, I he's he just is. And then Matt Riddle comes out to kind of you know ruin the whole party. They have a match. Uh AJ Styles like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not putting the intercontinental title on the line. No, of course not. Um, no shirt, no shoot. He said this verbatim. No shirt, no <laughs> shoes, no intercontinental. He said something along those lines. I was that that was what I was telling you to watch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Just like he was <laughs> on 10. <laughs> My man really said no shirt, no shoes. Um also, it looks like we're continuing the Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville feud. Sonya Deville had a very awesome promo. She interrupted okay. Miss TV. Um, great look as well. She was wearing this all black suit, and it's kind of like a different look for the women who are usually in dresses, you know, and stuff. Yeah, and she, you know, told to wear skins, revealing stuff, and like all this other stuff. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> so it was great. Um, if they're heading towards something for extreme rules, I think those two ladies deserve it for this feud thus far. I think they deserve to kind of show what they've got on a bigger stage. So hopefully goes to extreme rules. Um, what else happened on SmackDown? Did, did Riddle win? Did Riddle win? I didn't even ask. Oh, Riddle yes. Win. Riddle won the match. Yes. Riddle won the match. And okay. everyone was like dancing over AJ Styles' corpse. Like it was hilarious. <laughs> they were dancing to his theme song? <laughs> yes. They were dancing to his theme song over his corpse. So what, what, do you, what do you think What do you think's happening with Riddle? We're, we're going right into the, the Baron feud from what I understand. Oh, yeah. There was an altercation with Baron on the outside. He pushes him. He pushes him to get in his face. I think we're obviously getting the Baron Corbin feud. We're getting the works with that. 
Um, but before we even, I thought he would be in line for the title shot, but this week we're getting Drew Gulak versus AJ Styles for the Intercontinental title. That is your guy, my man. Like, yeah, because Drew, uh, get money, Drew. He beat AJ three weeks ago, so <laughs> get money, yes. Drew. <laughs> uh, yeah, so th- that happened. Um, and then what else happened? Well, the closing of SmackDown is probably the most uh, interesting thing. We are getting the second it looks like we're getting the second match between Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. Our, you know, suspicions were kind of confirmed that the Miz and John Morrison was just a standby feud. Uh Bray Wyatt has revealed yet another face. He is no longer the funhouse Firefly Funhouse Bray um who faced him two months ago. We will now be getting the OG Bray Wyatt from the swamps, from the the talking voice with the t-shirts. He will be f- facing Braun Strowman. It looks like at Extreme Rules to be, in, you know, in my opinion. He's what? returned back to the Eater of Worlds, Bray Wyatt. What? <laughs> what are we just are we just keeping the Fiend off TV because he because he caught the L? That's that's not nah, Fiend is a Fiend looks like it's for SummerSlam. They clearly have like okay, you have to beat these two faces of you know, it's the three faces of Foley type of thing. That's what yeah. you're kind of like alluding to. Um, so we got uh, Firefly Funhouse Bray, and I'm assuming this will be great for his like merch. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he's a merch pusher. Let's be. I, that's my thing. Like, I don't understand why they just stay, they don't baby face the fiend already. He would be he would be gangbusters as a, as a face. I think yeah. that we're waiting to see something like that. Like, I do not like the fiend as a heel, and I've said this for a year because he has to lose. As a face, he doesn't he he can have a long streak and not lose and only come out during certain times. I don't understand why they haven't gone that way yet. He's he's such a better face. Yeah, he's one hundred percent. And we haven't really seen Bray White as a face. It's unless uh, the brief stint with Matt Hardy, but you know, forget Matt Hardy. But you know, <laughs> we haven't really seen him as a face. But this is interesting. The original yeah. Bray White returns. He's been given a little air. Maybe he'll move a little bit better. He's you know, who knows? But. It looks like we're getting that for Extreme Rules, and that's what I kind of say with SmackDown. SmackDown had a lot of good stuff on it, you know. I'll watch but, it. You know? I'll watch it. Yeah, I'll watch it. Uh, I'll, I'll go anyway. I think I, I think today I was like, yeah, I think I think like mentally, emotionally, I'm ready to watch it. Um, I <laughs> it's gonna be interesting to see where Riddle's presented. I I don't think anything is gonna change. He's on After the Bell with with Corey Graves this Thursday, so yeah. I think that they're 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 fully all in on the guy. Um, we'll see what happens with the the allegations against him in the coming weeks but um that, that seems to be the, the direction here uh on to raw really quick i really like raw now i think it's a it's a it's a really brisk show i think a lot of things happen <laughs> on raw. are you watching them without commercials <laughs> of course i never but even oh, with commercials that, with the long matches even with commercials like the Heyman's raw had those long ass matches like raw, raw. I, I, no, I get what you mean by brisk. Okay, I, I 100% get what you mean by brisk, but it's still a very, I think just a lot of things happen, and I'm just like, whoa, okay. Uh, are we at the third hour yet? Like, where are we at? Yeah, like, that's kind of how I feel about Raw. Not, a, not that it's bad. Raw isn't bad. It's just now, because of Bruce, a lot of things happen. It's not bad. It's not a bad show at all. It's actually a quite good show. But, you know, just me sitting there for three hours through all these commercials, I'm like, yo, I kind of want to do something Yeah, else. I can't do that. Can't do that play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish I had raw commercials, but you know, gotta get raw first. Um, but, let's see what happens here. <laughs> we have the first bit of news. I mean, the first major set of news. Hey, the sense, oh, the sense has been made. <laughs> yes. That's the first, that's the biggest bit of news. The sense has been made, brother. On the way they out. Said, on the way out. <laughs> on the way out. What a stand-up classy lady. You know what I'm saying? What a classy lady. On the way out, putting over. Obviously, Charlotte could have said, I'm packing my bags. Y'all, y'all can book it however I'm you roll, want. She said, roll up, finish. Roll up, finish. <laughs> and Come I'm on, out. y'all. Yeah, let's let's figure it out. But she said, no. The, the Asuka lock looked terrifying. But Asuka's done it. Asuka has beaten Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. It only took... Um, Three years. You know, yeah, it only took the Paul Heyman era kind of be finished uh, for it to actually happen. And... I'm I'm with it. I mean, I'm with it. I'm finally here. I feel the kind of redemption that we feel. I feel like Oscar's reign has now kind of been certified as if it didn't, as if it wasn't enough. But mm-hmm. now I think what we're doing with Oscar, I mean, she's defeated Charlotte. I think we're going to run back the Nia thing again, unfortunately. But 
she's got to prepare to face a new crop of women on Monday Night Raw. They're they're the only women who are left. Well, or so we thought. Uh, it was revealed on Monday Night Raw after Sasha Banks, who's on SmackDown, who, who gets to come over to Raw. I didn't get the specifics of it. I still don't kind of get it. It's, the, it's, the, it's part of that rule where they could where they can do it five times. I think I saw somebody say this. This is what the third time they've been able to to, to pull the different people in different shows thing it's like a fight it's like that i forgot what rule it was yeah no i mean she's got the women tag team title so she's able to be on any show but it's like yeah but i don't mean you're able to challenge for the belt like what the hell <laughs> this don't make no damn sense like yeah like alexa bliss couldn't have came over to you know raw and just be like i'm challenging you and taking the belt and all this other stuff that doesn't seem fair maybe i mean who knows uh, we we thought I thought it was going to end up with a Sasha Banks versus Io Shirai thing based on Whoa. how NXT went. Well, she could uh, still do that if she loses this match. <laughs> she probably won't. Uh, <laughs> I feel like NXT is now done with uh, the main roster people muddying up their title. Um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, Asuka versus Sasha Banks is intriguing, no matter what. No matter how the funny the funny numbers crunch up together and how the hell this happens. Asuka versus Sasha Banks is a match I want to see. So it's going to bang. It's going to bang. It banged uh, two years ago when they, when they did it. Um, I, I think that great, great storytelling here. They're holding off as long as they can. And you know, the best part about it is since Bruce does all the shows, he can sensically make this work because he knows Mm -hmm. how it's going to go into SmackDown. And I think if they had tried this with Heyman in the seat, it probably would have ended up with them acting completely different than how they act on SmackDown, yeah. doing something completely different. So I, I kudos to to Bruce for using his brain and saying, hey, I've been doing this program for over six months now. Let's move it over to here and then get some more juice out of it. So kudos to him for, for, for doing that. I, I really like that idea a lot. Um, what else you want to talk about overall? Uh, there was a blockbuster trade. <laughs> blockbuster, depending yeah. on how you define <laughs> Either people were telling me that Bagwell or people were telling me that people were telling me that this show was good, and then the first thing I see was Dolph Ziggler show up in the ten minute mark, and I I did the take off headphones thing so quick, like what is wrong with y'all? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you lied to me. But uh, Dolph uh, Ziggler is. Let, let's just think of the the logistics of this. AJ Styles, damn near Grand Slam cash considerations in this. <laughs> damn near a Grand Slam champion is traded. You can trade five superstars for one AJ Styles, okay? Let's be clear. That's how good he is. Mm-hmm. They traded Bobby Roode, who can't even come into the country because of COVID right now. Our hearts go out to him. And Dolph <laughs> Ziggler were traded for him, but Styles. also, yes, my heart goes out to him. <laughs> um, yes, I mean, Roode and Ziggs, uh, the team that we never thought was, I actually forgot about them as an actual team, but they are coming over to Monday Night Raw trade. Uh I don't think you could have pulled that off in 2K. I don't think you could have pulled it off anywhere <laughs> without some major cast considerations involved. It doesn't, the contracts don't line up. Um, but, you know, WWE really wants to, with this trade thing, I mean, it, at least people went over. Uh, that's all I can say. Uh, they should have threw some women in it. I don't know what to say. I think Carmella needs a new home. But, um, but Mello? yeah, now we're getting Mello too busy. Mello. Too busy. Uh, is that? Uh, that don't true? say it. Don't say. It. <laughs> is that true? That wasn't true, right? No. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it myself. So How much? I don't know. <laughs> How much? Well, I don't know. I, Dolph Ziggler immediately comes out and is all his entitled glory. Challenges Drew McIntyre for a title match at Extreme Rules, and from that moment, you know, it was like, damn, this. It's Bobby feud really over. <laughs> <laughs> they were serious about that. But here's the yeah. thing, bro. Here's the thing, bro. When you in the feud with Dolph Ziggler, you already know you about to come to it. Your shit about to you come. You in a feud. <laughs> Go ahead. You it's in a feud for life. Yeah. It, it's about to be two pay-per-views worth. I, I was not ready for the Bobby Roode feud to be over with. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, Bobby Feud out here attacking black men for no reason. He, he just took the coon chip out. <laughs> Why are they trying to? <laughs> the coon chip was taken out. Why is it back? Yeah. I was like, what? You attacking R Truth and Apollo Crews? What is wrong with you? Come on, Ugh. bro. We just want to stick together. I think this is going to eventually lead to uh, part of my French niggas only. 
Oh. The state <laughs> and extreme rules. <laughs> None more extreme than that. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, Edge, amazing promo. He says Very the rated good. R. The rated R superstar seems to be back. The TV uh, 14 superstar. Come on, let's be clear. He ain't going that Will while. he wait? Will he wait for his tricep to be fully healed? Who knows? I mean, is he ever really fully healed at this point? No one knows. No, he, he can come <laughs> back tomorrow and I'll be like, all right, cool. He's just going to get right. hurt. He's going to get hurt. He's got uh, another arm to spear with. I, I, if this is going to be the last we see or hear of him, I, I think it's a really good promo. But it actually kind of like opened the door for him to come back in some capacity. Did you feel like that? Yeah. No, I yeah, I would say so. It, it, I would 100% say so. To me, this Raw kind of represented actually like the end of Heyman's era. Yes. This one more so than any other one because it's kind of like, so we got Street Profits versus Viking Raiders. Great. Got a de- definitive victor in Street Profits. Shout out to them for actually getting the job done. And we are now lining them up with a new set of contenders in Andrade and Angel Garza. So I don't think that I don't think the Raiders are out of that either. I think they're still in that. They're just not against um, those two. Well, Viking Prophets or Street Raiders or I don't know what they're going at. Street Raiders is such a better name. Yeah, it's 100 percent. Yeah, it's (laughs) easily Um, Natalia is getting a new buff uh, (laughs) with uh, Lana. Lana, We didn't ask for it. We didn't didn't ask ask for it. But Lana needs something to do. They still got to pay her. So, uh, you know, she's on there. She's paired up with uh, Natalia getting a win over Liv Morgan. It looks like we may be getting some riot, uh, a riot reunion. That's team. uh, Natty and and, uh, Lana are team Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Team Karen. When Natty was talking, I was like, are you going to just call the cops? Just go ahead and call the cops, please. Oh, my God. Would you be a fan of Liv and Ruby reuniting? Yeah, because I feel like if they're, if if Bruce is going to completely go back on everything that Heyman was doing, at least still keep those two as faces and um, have them be a, a cool face team. And if Charlotte's gone, you know, at least have them as 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 a face, a baby face team. Um, I, I think that if 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 Oscar's a baby face, who else is there on the roster? Right. Um, if, she, if she's the top baby face, you need more baby faces there. Ruby Wright is a, is a face. I think it's something I've, I've wanted to see for a while. Then you could bring in Shayna as a heel. Uh, I know Nia still has to be there, but you can bring in Bianca to kind of play a tweener too, so if if they want to do that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Are they gonna Are they gonna bring it? Oh, I just noticed what they're gonna do. Bruce is gonna do the the Bianca Zelina thing the right way because Payment didn't capitalize on it that first week that she was there. Mm. That's why it's Andrade, and um, that's why it's Andrade and Angel because that's how they're gonna introduce. Bianca back in. Well, they could also make it a three-way. You put the Viking Raiders in, you hire back Sarah Logan, you got a nice little uh you got a nice little triple threat kind of uh three corners, three ladies, three of them getting it on type of thing. So let's make it happen, Captain. I mean, I'm booking the territory. Why not? Um yeah, Mills booking, let's do it. Uh Sasha Banks and Bailey defeated the iconics. And, they know uh, they, they didn't just defeat them. They got them the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> it was damn near a squash. <laughs> Sasha Banks and Bailey, listen, they've they've worked hard enough these last couple of weeks. I mean, they've been on every show the last from NXT uh, to which um, again a great match on there. Last week's Raw, last week's SmackDown, Extreme and not Extreme Rules. What the hell was the pay per view before? And Backlash, like they've done it all, and they're continuing to do it all. They just want to work. I mean, the, the, these were the 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 boyhood dreams or the girlhood dreams of the girls who uh, wanted to just become wrestlers and work. But yes, they got Iconics to f out of there, and now I guess they're I, moving on to Oscar. I think uh, I think Novak said it best. Uh, he said, "If you ever needed a a any proof as to how not on board they are with the Iconics, that match is proof." <laughs> Um, because like essentially essentially when you think of bruce's booking you think of it like okay it's really like some of it's really like really good and and cool and timely and it it throws you back to a different time but also Mm -hmm. he's speaking through vince so like this is what vince really wants to see so he he don't want to see them he don't want to see that shit yeah i mean also on on smackdown forgot to mention it the ladies of smackdown return 
everybody except Carmella, they had something to say about Bailey. They were like, oh, well, I'm tired of this Bailey thing. We need to get Bailey out the paint, which eventually led to the Sasha Banks versus Nikki Cross thing. Yeah. Um, Sasha Banks is winning a lot, which is something that's new. So, you know, props to her because I don't think she's been on the streak this long since she's been on the main roster. Um, turn, turn her and, up. And, of course... To close Raw off, the big Seth Rollins Rey Mysterio segment. I thought Dominic was about to get his ass whooped <laughs> um, by his dad in the middle of the ring, but they, you know, they eventually led to the Seth Rollins thing. And you know, I thought I was like, I it was probably ten forty nine. I was like, damn, they really put on all these two thousand eight ass people on the show, and Alistair's just killing it in the back, and then. He showed up. Eleven fifty-seven. He showed up. He showed I, I up. Popped. And I popped. I uh, popped too. I, I'm glad that they're giving him something. That means that that means that they haven't given up on him, and that means that like there is still a place for him, even though it, it might not be in the larger feud of Seth. But I do think they'll go back to the Seth thing uh, sooner than later, as far as Alistair Seth. But I thought the real swerve was going to be Dominic turning on his dad because his dad gave him quite. Ray was like talking to him like. I'm gonna whoop your ass. <laughs> yeah, I was Listen, like, bro, what? I'm gonna whoop your ass. First of all, who told you you could fly on planes by yourself in COVID? <laughs> Hold up, who told you that? Who told you that? Uh, just to come to Monday Night Raw, I thought it was, the, you know, the live sex celebration. You thought you was gonna get the live ass whooping right on national television, but yeah. beat your beat your kids, beat kids. I like <laughs> that's it. That, that the ratings would have popped. The ratings would have popped. It was like, oh, they being kids on television now. Oh, turn that up. And then, um, and then follow it up with uh, with Crisley after that. Uh, and then I like how they're hinting. Uh, they were hinting. Oh, we're about to take out Seth Rollins' eye, and then they're able to escape. You know, some really good stuff. Some really good stuff. I'm interested in see kind of where they go with Extreme Rules with all of this. But that was Monday Night Raw. And, yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go back and, and watch SmackDown after we get done with this. But very harrowing week in wrestling. But uh, I, I think that if, you know, there were, there were a few bright spots on these shows uh, that, that you could find, uh, that you could find there. And then let's hope that, that it calms down so that we can have a calm episode of this show. And uh, in, in next couple of weeks, again, I want to pour my heart out to everyone that, that did share their stories this past week and hope that you find uh, the closure that you, that you look for and, and hopefully for others, the justice that you so desperately wanted out of all of this. But as always, you can follow us at RNC Radio Live. Follow me at OG Johnny 5 and Meals at Meals TV. And with that, we, we're into the 140s on the A-Show. We'll, we'll have another 10 weeks of this and we'll let you guys know what we, what we come up with next week and what we have to think and talk about in the world of pro wrestling. So until then, thank you all for listening. Peace out. We'll see you guys next week.